What's happening, guys? It's Adam here. Just a quick word from our sponsors before we kick off today's episode. That is Beer52.com. Beer52 is the UK's most popular craft beer discovery club. They're number one, baby. And they'll send you some amazing beers every month, and you can rate and review them via their website to earn points and rewards. Now, every month's beers that you get sent will have a brand new theme. Past themes have been the beers of Germany, California, Belgium, Korea, New Zealand, South Africa, and many, many more. And they've kindly given our listeners an exclusive offer. You'll get a free case of eight beers, an award-winning beer magazine, and a tasty snack the second you sign up. They'll send them out in the post here, and you can't catch Corona from the post. All you have to do is pay a few quid for the delivery, and you can cancel or pause your membership at any time. Sign up now at beer52.com slash word. That's our exclusive link. That's B-E-E-R 52.com slash W-O-R-D. You'll claim your free case of beer, and for every person that signs up via that link only, they slide us a little bit of money. That supports the podcast. It helps us out. It's win-win. So do us a favour, pause the pod here, go and do that now, and then enjoy the episode. Nice one. See you in a bit. Fucking did it in one take, bro. Yeah, man. Now, I'm getting the word not. Upset me, nasty bitch. Catch me outside. How about that? I'm big boned. I'm heavy structure. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Disgusting! It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel like podcasting with video on YouTube, on social media at Have a Word Pod. You are listening to the funniest podcast in the game. Have a Word. Shut down dailies. Let's get through this mess together. <laughs> Sweet day. Welcome back. Welcome back from a day of rest. I really did rest yesterday. Fuck me. I had like an afternoon nap. Then I had another. You know, when you finish the nap, you're like, oh, oh, fuck it. I'm going to have a little bit more. Amazing. (laughs) Laura was like, you've done a lot. You're doing so much with the pod. You're doing so much. You have a bit of rest. By the time I'd finished my second nap, she was like, no, do more now. Do you- <laughs> That's enough. I had a belted night's sleep. So yeah, fucking proper day of rest. What did you do with your Sunday? I was very, very, very productive. Jesus. Um, woke up, got a little wash immediately. Oh, it's so always good. Always good to start the day with a wash of the balls. If you want to get shit done, wash your balls early. Yeah, up, wash, brush me teeth, went for a cup of tea, had me little toast for me breakfast, and then I got stuck in to sorting this fucking house out. And you know what? I'm getting there, mate. This house is going to be spotless tomorrow. Well, maybe the next day, but we're getting there. Within a week, within a week. Before the end of the show. Two-hour walk (laughs) with the dog. Took her on a big, massive, hikey walk. Nice. That was good. It just... I feel like I've got me mojo back. I feel like... I'm ready to get shit done again. I was in it. I'll be honest with you, the last week or so, I've just been in a bit of a slump, you know, when you just yeah. a bit fucking, ugh, like, and it it just felt like that nothing I did had a, had a, like a consequence to it. Freddie Quinn said something like this to me last week. He felt like everything, it didn't matter what he did because the next day is going to be exactly the same regardless. And I got into that and then I was like, well, the stage of this house, I can sort this out and then I can start planning for post-lockdown because, I'm starting to be a bit more optimistic. I've just, I've just, I'm back. I'm back, Dan. I'm here. And I'm eating right. better. I've been having me, me meals, but no snacking. I've stopped on the fizzy drinks, cut myself back to only two cups of tea a day. Right. I have two sugars in me tea and I was having like five cups of tea, 10 sugars in a day. Bit fucking much, innit? Gone blind in one eye. Bit jittery. <laughs> <laughs> Can't sleep till five in the morning. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, you, you, I think everyone's allowed to have a little funk, aren't they, during this time? Because it's it's tricky because you can't do the shit that you normally do to get y- yourself out of a funk. That's why mm-hmm. I think you've got to give yourself a bit of a break because usually if you've been working too hard, like if you've been hammering it for four weeks, some people go, do you know what? Just need a night off and a few beers, see the mates. Like, you can't do that. 
So yeah. if you've if you've been feeling like lethargic, getting you, sometimes people go, do you know what? I'm going to go to the gym, do a big session at the gym. You can't do that. Fuck, I feel a bit like I've just stuck in these four walls. I'm going to go shopping. You can't do that. So whatever you need to get yourself out of a funk, I think you're allowed to do it. <laughs> people will be listening going, Christ almighty, two months ago, if you'd have heard Adam Rowe go, I've tied it up and I had a <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> And I went walking. You'd be like, has Adam had a car crash? What's happened? Has he had a brain <laughs> injury? But that's genuinely hearing that is like, yep, it's good. Because I'm a big believer in this now. Control what you can control and try not to worry about the things that are out of your control. Everyone that we've talked to who's like, oh, I'm having a hard time. They're trying to predict things that they have no control over. But what yeah. you can do is tidy up where you work and live. Like we work from home a lot. Fuck it. I've had to, to reorder this space a few times and it makes you feel like you go, fuck, I've got my little world in a little bit of order. Yeah. It's good for I've you. Start, I bought a big whiteboard as well. And every morning f since yesterday, <laughs> I put it... <laughs> Every single morning. <laughs> yesterday. Put a to-do list on it. Oh. Jade's idea. Put a to-do list oh, on yeah. it. But the first few things you put on, you've already done, so they just yeah. get ticked straight away. Breathe in, breathe out. Two ticks. <laughs> Don't shit yourself. Half a tick. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I'm, I'm, the thing I normally do to get myself out of a funk is do a gig. You know, if it's like a Monday or a Tuesday or whatever, right, yeah, some yeah. shit day of the week, and I'm in a bad mood, I'll normally ring hot water and go, hey, can you squeeze me on for 10 minutes tonight? And I won't even go down with planned material. I'll just go and rant about me day. And it's never your best gig, but it's just cathartic. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's some of those often, little gems come from it as well. Well, it often, I, I get lost for stuff that I can never do again because it requires the actual energy. Do you know what I mean? Like there was one time me and Jade had fucking murder and I just couldn't be asked. So I just texted Ben Tim was like, can you squeeze me on? And he said, yeah. And I went down. Paul Smith was like, the fuck's the matter with you? I was like, I'm just, she's done me fucking head in, lad. And I'm just, I'm just going to talk about it on stage. And I went on stage and I fucking murdered for 15 minutes volleyed the gig all over the place come off and Paul Smith was like that is a new 15 minutes of material that was great I tried it the next night and I fucking stunk the place out <laughs> and I've never tried it again that <laughs> awful thing is a and if anyone's listening going oh, when you talk about comedy I don't I can't it's, how, how does it work because I'm not a stand up you know when something in your life happens and you go oh, I tell you that'll make laugh that'll make fucking That'll make like my mate Tom laugh. Tom will fucking love that story. And then you tell it Tom, and he thinks it's hilarious. And like shit, I might tell that to, I might let tell that to Matt as well. That is basically how stand up works. Except instead of like Tom and Matt, we're like, hmm, hot water, the Edinburgh Festival. That's yeah. how it works for us. But then there's these little moments. Something happens with a bit of interaction. Or you think of a genuinely think of a story like Adam's talking about where you've just riffing on your day, or you think of something in the moment that's not necessarily banter, but just pops in your head. And for whatever reason, the stars align, the crowd are on board, and it <laughs> it absolutely nails, and you're like, oh my God, I'm a fucking genius. And and then you you come off stage going, you, I've even done it so you, you're talking to the comments going, Well, how did I start that bit? Fuck, how did I start that bit? Oh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? And they're like, oh, yeah, that was great. And you write it down and you think, oh, God, it's so easy. That's going to be months of stuff. I'm going to fucking develop that. And then it turns out that it's just the next night, it's, it's gone from gold to dog shit overnight. Something you know happens. I think, it is? I think it's partly authenticity. When, when it's happened that day or when, even if it's not that day, even if it was a week ago, the first time you say it, is when you're really at the peak of your emotions. Every time after that, you're acting. And when you're acting, unless you're a really, really, really good actor, which most comedians are, because we have to do the same stuff night after night for months, that first time with some stuff, the authenticity of it, oh, he's genuinely pissed off here. It's just genuinely ruined his fucking day. That, I think an audience can smell sometimes. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's, there's certain bits that without that authenticity just doesn't work and that's why it works once and never again. And certain bits need 10, 15 runouts before they hit the stride. I mean, some bits you can be doing for six months and then you just unlock a little part of it and you're like, oh my God, that bit is really ripping now. It's almost like they, it needed those runouts. Yeah. <laughs> there's other bits that just, it cannot work like that. It's so frustrating. It's And it's part of the thing that is so fun about stand-up. 
<sighs> I'm getting all like horny for a gig now. I want to just. <laughs> Any literally any gig like a gig that usually if a promoter rang you up and was like, oh, "Can you come and do my nun's front room near Warrington?" and it's thirty five pounds, you'd be like, "No, Bobby Murdoch, I'm all right." But but I now I would do Portsmouth Jonglers for fuck all right now, and I mean that <laughs> I fucking I drive you, <laughs> drive you and get you to ten. I I would do my. <laughs> I would do a local funeral. <laughs> I'd be like, what's your capacity in here? Oh, you only got nine in. Brilliant. I'll make it ten. And now I do know the deceased, but I tell you who's been drinking. <laughs> he died of cirrhosis of the liver. Well, at least one of us has. Hey, come on. <laughs> Follow me on social media at I do fucking any gig. Would you? Like, oh. I mentioned Portsmouth Jonglers there. So for those who don't know, Jonglers is a now deceased comedy chain, which at one point was the height of British club comedy and ended up as an absolutely abysmal brand of comedy because it was just stagging Hindus. The priority was selling drink over the comedy. Oh, so yeah. you were just performing to a load of drunk idiots who didn't care about the gig they'd got their ticket on Groupon as part of a big stag do weekend package it was just oh we've got to go to the comedy a disposable audience weren't they basically that was the 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 mode it was like you'd just put a mic in the corner of a Weatherspoons and tried to get everyone's attention like hey guys no listen listen no no this next guy's a good friend of mine give it up for Dan Nightingale (laughs) it was just horrendous but I think I would go and do Portsmouth Junglers right now, which was the worst one. I never did it, you know. I, it, get, it got held up as the worst one by a stretch. I did it once. I managed to dodge it. I did it once. It was abysmal. I'd do Sway. Did you do Sway? Sway was like, is that a London nightclub where... Yeah. Where they were like... There's two oh. floors. And it was... It was amazing because London, for those who don't know, is like historically a lower paying comedy city. That seems sort of counterintuitive. You'd think London paid more because obviously everything's more expensive there, but it's a supply and demand thing. There's so many comedians in London that the comedy clubs don't have to pay as much. But <laughs> Sway, you did two gigs. You did the basement room and then you'd go upstairs and do the other. And you got 250 quid. And this was 15 years ago. You got 250 quid for each set. So you got 500 quid to do one night at Sway. And the basement was just about playable. And upstairs was fucking insane. It was like doing... <laughs> It was like doing comedy at a Tiesto gig. So everyone's off the head on LSD. <laughs> and Tiesto's gone, I'm going for the shit. I'll be back in 20 minutes. And then you've walked onto that room and everyone's just like, uns, 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 uns. get another beer, get another beer. I want a shot. Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs, Jaeger bombs now. Let's get fucked up. Let's get fucked up. Tiesto, I'll be back in a minute. No, let's get the drinks. That's all that matters. Let's just get drink, 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 drink. And you're just there going, so I'm single. Any Anyone else single in the room? It's all, I think the big giveaway is that when you're gigging and you know it's not going to be fun for the whole night or just your bit is in the few minutes before the section starts or the show starts if there's a person dancing to the music in the break or the build up like stood up (laughs) dancing you and your colleagues for the night are fucked that's how you know you're not at a gig. You are comedy interrupting Julie's birthday. That's essentially like dan- like and when the bouncer comes over, like, excuse me, uh, there's no dancing. What well, is not dancing? It's my birthday. I'm fucking dancing if I want. You're like, oh Jesus. Hope Johnny you know awesome's another on. Bad sign. Another bad sign, right? Is when because like in most green rooms, there's like a screen, isn't there, that you can see the stage from. And when pre-show, you sat in the green room and you look at the screen and some knobhead has got on the stage and grabbed the mic before the show. He's on like a stag do and he's trying to tell jokes into the mic before it kicks off. That is the sign of a stinker of a gig to come, isn't it? Yeah, you just know. Even if the rest of them are dead sound, there's at least one table of utter fuckwits. <laughs> and one table, one really- one fuckwit is enough. Yeah. That's but like, really, before the show with Gary got on stage and pretended to be a comedian for 12 seconds before the <laughs> doorman choke slammed him. Wasn't that really funny? Oh, we're so great. No one else did that. That's because they're not as funny as us. <laughs> <laughs> when someone walks on the stage and you're on it, that's a whole nother level. That's like, oh, now we're in the 
this could be dangerous sort of like i hope that if i get hurt in some way they're recording it so i get to do a jim jeffries and profit from this like when you see someone come towards you on the stage you in you go through this weird thing as a comedian and i've been a big believer in this for ages and i've said it on the podcast if you're a storyteller or you sort of recount your life as part of your stand-up in moments of danger, you get the initial human response of, oh, fuck, this is going to be really dangerous. But then you instantly, after years of looking for this sort of stuff, you also get that second wave of like, yeah, but this could be a really funny fucking story. So you flinch and then you sort of go, fuck, no, lean into it. There's, You know you're at a bad gig when someone stands up and you, you feel the, the first two steps towards the stage and you're like... Okay, let's roll the dice on how this one's going to go. Is Dan A going to get hugged by a drunk girl? B, punched by a wanker. <laughs> Fucking, it's so brutal. That's why I like the Frog and Bucket stage so much, you know, because the Frog and Bucket stage is very, very high. And a couple of months ago, I I think I was I was definitely doing a set. I assume I was on last. And... I'd, I'd been doing a bit of crowd work because it had got to that point at the frog where everyone was quite drunk and yeah, yeah. when you're closing the show you've got to deal with that and I'd absolutely buried this guy he was he was like the smallest guy in a group of like 20 lads so he had typical small man syndrome like well I'm normally the funny one but there's someone else in the room being funny so I need to try and compete with him and then he loses because you've got a microphone and we're a professional comedian and he walked towards the stage well, he was actually going to the toilet, but I thought he was coming for me. And I just picked the mic stand up. I was like, because he's got like four steps to get up here. And I was like, I'll just knock it. I'll just like, hell in a cell you. Yeah. I'm just going to fucking put the base of the mic stand in your fucking face. You've got no chance of getting up here. The frog and bucket basically. is the safest one. Yeah, because they did it by accident, but they've they've accidentally basically recreated the comedy club version of a Motten Bailey from medieval like castles and defences <laughs> it's if it's basically so high that if the venue flooded you'd have about four hours before the the stage was a problem you'd just be stood there going i'll get fucking someone will give me a lift out of it it's amazing they'd have they'd have to take four full steps up some some of the people giving you shit the frog wouldn't be able to make those four steps however that's when it works in your favour the frog and bucket having a high stage which weirdly sometimes I like because it raises you up it's quite it's a bit of an amphitheatre the frog isn't it they're up they're around you and you're very much in the middle of the room it feels like especially if they're coming at you so if someone's coming at you at the frog say they're coming at the back they'd have to come down and then round some stairs <laughs> like there's a lot of zigzagging to then have to climb some stairs hopefully a bouncer's watching where that high stage does not work very well is it beat the frog on the amateur night where they have amateur comedians who are a nervous or b disabled so oh those four quite steep steps very little narrow staircase i mean just by the way can i just pause for a sec by, by what you've just said that you, you don't count any disabled comedians as professional <laughs> <laughs> who, are the dis who are the disabled pros? Um, well, I don't know whether they count them. Tanya Lee is disabled, isn't she? The yeah, dwarf. yeah, she gets thrown on. Um, yeah. And Jessica Martinez, Rosie Jones. Yeah, they, Tim they, Renkow. They're, they're, they're doing too well to do the frog. <laughs> <laughs> Their disability has helped them not do the frog. Um, fuck, I love Rosie Jones. Uh, Tim Renkow, yeah, it's not good, but obviously... How often on a bill of four acts for the weekend do you see a disabled? I, I, no, I don't know. Oh, um, who's blind? Chris McCausland's blind. <laughs> and he gets. New game show. Who is blind? I'm your host, Dan Nightingale. Welcome to ITV One here on Saturday night. <laughs> with who is blind? <laughs> round one. Are they blind or are they about to sneeze? Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Do they need a guide dog or antihistamines? <laughs> um, We've got eight contestants who all claim to be blind, but we think some are just partially sighted. Let's separate the men from the boys with the first section called Boo! <laughs> when, there's a, when there is a, a disabled act on that stage and they 
just wobble a little bit. You're like, oh, oh God, oh God. <laughs> There's a guy who's got really bad Parkinson's. What's his something J? <laughs> and he is on like Fox. he's on yeah he's on a he's on a Zimmer frame sort of thing and I've seen him nearly and then he does this bit when he falls back and you're like if you misjudge that you're going to break your neck and then also kill someone in the front row like it's really steep in it that Chris Chris McCausland I have a br- I heard a brilliant story I've heard two great stories about Michael McIntyre because people like to slag off Michael McIntyre and Peter Kay and most of the famous acts because there's an element of bitterness isn't there from a lot of like, mm-hmm. well, they, you know, they're all right, they're multimillionaires now, but I'll tell you why I don't rate them. And a lot of that is because they've sort of jumped the queue in front of comedians who are decent, but think they should be there as well. But with McIntyre, it's weird because you don't hear a lot of this, that thing, stuff because he was quite aloof, I think. He just. Do you know the thing with McIntyre for me is like, I don't, I, if anyone slags off his ability as a comic, anyone, then I've got no respect for your opinion on comedy Michael McIntyre is not necessarily someone I would pay to go and watch but he's the one act on the planet that I'd least rather follow I'd rather follow Patrice O'Neill Bill Bear and Richard Pryor than Michael McIntyre I really would because he smashes yeah it, it, the gig's done isn't it if he's on the gig's done performance rate just the hit rate maybe not now it's a, it's a bit different now but 10 years ago when he was really at the height of his game, when he was doing the road show and he was the biggest yeah. name in British stand-up, the guy's a monster and it's very easy to sort of detract from like the big names like, oh, well, I don't rate them because of that. But I honestly, with Michael McIntyre, it's funny because comics sort of want to whinge about him, but I don't think he's a bad guy. I've heard a few stories about him that just make his legend more impressive with me. He was at the O2 in, uh, in London, about to get paid £30,000 to do a corporate Obviously, yeah. he, he's this is probably ten years ago. He's now a big name. Thirty grand he was getting. I think he would have been doing a few of these. This was when he was really one of the big names. Just backstage, got everything you want, Michael. He's like, yeah, yeah, got everything I want. He was like, just out of interest, who who's it for? I do so many of these. I've not even checked. My agents not told me what's the company, and they were like, oh, it's like um, it's a few different companies. They're essentially debt collectors. And he went, oh. All right, cool. I'm I'm not going to do it then. And and apparently the one was like, uh, but it starts in ten minutes. He was like, yeah, about eight years ago, nine years ago, I nearly lost my house, and these were the cunts that were hounding me out of it. So I'll be fucked if I'm going to entertain yeah. them now. I mean, and they went, they went, they went, they went. It's thirty. Do you realise it's thirty thousand pounds? He went. I don't give a shit. So one. You're all right. You, you, you're now I'll put a work in progress days on, <laughs> and I'll make it back immediately. And then the two other stories I've heard, which I fucking love, are him just taking the piss for his own entertainment. Uh, one includes Chris McCausland on a bill with Chris McCausland. They're all sat in the dressing room, and Chris is blind, and he often has his brother or his dad or someone to help him on stage. That night, there wasn't it wasn't one of his relatives. It was a member of staff, and they were like, "You need to get Chris by the arm." and walk him along the side and walk him onto the stage and then just put him in front of the mic and you know so he knows where he is and then just leave him from there and the ca- the kid was like yeah yeah okay brilliant so they did that and then in the next section Michael McIntyre went to the lad the lad was like hey, do you need anything guys he was like yeah I'd like to be walked uh, onto the stage as well please and the kid was like <laughs> like young nervous lad that works there like <laughs> and he was like no I, I want to be walked onto the stage didn't laugh and the kid was so young he went really he was like yes he went okay so michael mcintyre got led by the arm by the same kid down the side of the audience walked onto the stage like he was blind made the kid put him exactly like he'd done with chris mccausland give him the mic and then he just started the gig so the whole crowd were like fuck two blind comedians and then he never referenced it and he just did his gig (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> just just to entertain just to t- entertain himself there's also another story where they're in a dressing room and Tony Hendricks and Pierre Hollins now I know this is getting a bit who the fuck is that guy these are two acts from the circuit who, who were professionals when I started out one is a white guy who's Jamaican one's Pierre Hollins whose lovely sound does a bit of music but Tony Hendricks is the white Jamaican. That's how he sells himself. But off stage, he talks like this. He's obviously quite wealthy from Trinidad and Tobago or Jamaica. I can't remember, but talks like this. Very well raised. 
but he's actually brought up on the island of Trinidad or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so Pierre, he, he walks on, he's like, hello, my name is Tony Hendricks. I'm the white Jamaican, whatever. I can't remember if he's the white Jamaican. I think he's Jamaican. So Pierre Holland, <laughs> Tony Hendricks rips it like, oh, thank you very much, man. You're being incredible. Comes off stage and Pierre Hollins has obviously been bugged by this and goes, well, can I ask you a question? I'm not trying to piss you off, but is it not sort of bullshit? You don't actually talk like that. You walk on stage, you say, oh, I'm from, you know, the West of the Caribbean and I took, and then you just do the voice. And then Tony Hendricks is like, that's my heritage. That's where I grew up. I have every right to talk like that. And Pierre Hollins is like, yeah, but you don't actually talk like that, do you? So it's a bit offensive because essentially you're doing a black, Jamaican voice and he's he got really fucking edgy the other comics in the room are there Michael McIntyre's about to go on and everyone's like leave it leave it McIntyre says fucking nothing and it goes awkward for a full like five or ten minutes because you can tell Pierre Hans is fuming Tony Hendricks is fuming no one says anything then just so it doesn't like cause a proper fight the compare goes back on brings on Michael McIntyre and he goes hello my name is Michael McIntyre and he does the whole set in a Jamaican accent <laughs> just to I've, fuck with them I've got one Michael McIntyre story that I heard which is sort of a, a it ties into something you mentioned before so Jim Jeffries who is now a massive star in America and over here he, he worked in the UK for a long time on the circuit um, and he got his, his first break really because a, a clip one of the first stand-up clips that ever went viral was him on stage at the comedy store in Manchester and Jim as you as you'll know if you know of his work is quite a provocative stand-up certainly has been known to offend people and he pissed someone off to the point where they they ran the stage and and punched punched them a few times and that clip went viral and that was the the start of um Jim Jeffries becoming what he is today Michael McIntyre was on that bill right and he was the act on just before Jim Jeffries now in the comedy store Manchester dressing room there's a screen in the corner as I said where you can see the stage you can see everything that's happening right Michael McIntyre seen Jim Jeffries get punched and then run off stage right he then turned the TV off and got his paper out and just sat reading it on the couch and Jim Jeffries comes into the dressing room and goes <laughs> McIntyre goes oh Jim how was your set and Jim goes fucking hell mate I've just been punched in a fucking face and McIntyre went oh no one can follow me. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell. Oh, you might, you might not think he's the best comic ever, but they're the sort of stories with comics that make you a fucking legend. When all the stuff you hear about Peter Kay is that he's genuinely a bit of a bellend. And then with Michael McIntyre, you hear these weird, subtle stories, and you're like, yeah, it might be a bit of a ledge there. I got told McIntyre was a no I've only met him once it was last year um, I was very fortunate to be asked to perform at the comedy store's 40th birthday so there was like 18 of us on the bill nine in each half at the comedy store in London and the bill was absolutely ridiculous there was two sort of up and coming acts on the bill one was me and one was Tom Ward and the rest of it was like McIntyre John Bishop Alexi Sale Ahmed Jalili Stephen K. Amos, Rich Hall, um, just no. uh, who's who? No women. <laughs> Joe Caulfield oh, was on. Yes, Joe. Just the, the store um, like. Who else was on? It's a pretty good fucking bill. Steve Gribben was on. Steve Gribben closed because he's musical. He closed the gig. <laughs> Um, oh, but it was just ridiculous and the first half back to back what, oh Zoe Lyons as well so the first half went Alexi Sale Zoe Lyons John Bishop Michael McIntyre Ahmed Jalili <laughs> and McIntyre mate was so so sound like just dead nice like he was in the green room I went up and went hiya Michael uh, nice to meet you my name's Adam I'm on a bit later on uh, he didn't stay to watch the second half and he needed the set and got off as you'd expect him to but in the green room he was just like the nicest normal comic fella I heard all these stories of him being I, I've heard those stories where he can be a bit funny and entertain himself but I'd also heard he was a bit snooty and arrogant and condescending and I just got none of that vibe from him at all he just he was dead sound he spoke to me like like a peer rather than 
beneath him. And I got told from what I imagine is probably a combination of half-truths and jealousy that he was quite condescending to other yeah, people. And the same, same I just didn't I get feel. that from him at all. Yeah, I did a support for him when he was doing a warm-up for the roadshow in Leeds. This is a while ago. And I'd heard some of that stuff as well. And he was the nicest. And also introduced me in a very generous way. Like, went on and did 10-15, then really softened them up, and then went, now... I'm doing new stuff, but to justify the 12 quid or whatever that you're paying, we've got a brilliant comedian from the circuit. You might have seen him here before. He's absolutely super. He was called Dan Nightingale. I'm so chuffed that he can do it. And you're like, he doesn't have to do any of that for me. That's just the sign of a of a non-shit, in it. Yeah. He's a good guy. He's a top, top comic. All right, Shall baby. Have a word from our sponsors. All right. Now then, lids, I want to tell you about Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Alloy wheel refurbishments, car bodywork, and customization services in Leeds and throughout West Yorkshire. Basically, these guys can sort your wheels out. And if you listen to this thinking, well, I'm not a, like a boy racer, I'm not that bothered about my car. Mate, I drive a Volvo. And after the fucking Rona, I'm going to these guys at Trans Alloy Wheels Limited when I'm gigging in Yorkshire, and I'm going to get them to sort out the alloys that are all scuffed up and fucked on my Volvo V40. So even if you've got a sensible dadmobile or you've inherited your nana's banger, soup up the wheels, get them sorted. If you park like a bell end, get them tidied up, make them look smarter. Go the full hog, get them jazzed up, get them glitzy, get them gold. Just live your life through your alloy wheels. They can add value to your car and make it look fucking smart. They use the same techniques as the biggest car manufacturers and they offer powder coating, diamond cutting, painting, new tyres, acid stripping and shot blasting, tyre fitting and removal. They do car body repairs and they have a pickup and delivery service. They also do insurance work. These guys have got amazing reviews online. Come and get your wheels souped up, changed and refurbished. And this is the best bit. All Have A Word listeners will receive 25% off everything. I'm going, I'm getting my saving. These guys are amazing. Trans Alloy Wheels Limited. Get them on Facebook, Insta, online, the lot. Nice one, lids. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling triggered. It must be Have A Word with Adam and Dave. Okie dokie. Fucking pig and a pokey. Where's that from? You say that all the time. Uh, it's from the League of Gentlemen. And when we went... when I've we never watched that. Oh, it's very, very good. The first two series are amazing. And it was on when I was like doing my GCSEs in and around that age. So, you know, when you catchphrase comedy at that age. Yeah, back in the olden days, just before the war, <laughs> when I was doing my uh, O-levels. And um, yeah, that's one of the... T- Pauline, she's the unemployment, she's the dole officer. Okie pokey, okie dokie, picking a pokey. Good morning, job seekers. And I put it on the clip at the start. When we went into shutdown and we lost all our work, I, I played it as part of the intro, but because you don't listen back to the episodes, you're like, hey? <laughs> so everyone is like, oh yeah, it's from that thing. And Adam's like, why is that? <laughs> Can't listen to himself back. I could really fuck with the intro thinking that. We've got a, um, an email in saying, dear Alex and Dave. Uh, bought Alex. My- yeah, I don't know. People are just having fun with it now. <laughs> dear Alex and Dave, bought myself some Millennium Lube. The gays and Dave were right. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Nearly spaffed out a lung first time I used it. Amazing stuff. Thanks for the recommendation. You're absolutely welcome, my friend. See what while I remember, I know I know we're in the middle of work here, but um I want to order some of that, so I'm gonna just go on Amazon now. Millennium ID. Millennium ID. You just need a like a small bottle. Because it's it's expensive. You know, you were thinking about um, investing in oil. I'd honestly say it would be a safe bet to invest in Millennium Lube. <laughs> what? Genuinely, you can order this either as a one-time purchase or a subscription where they send you a bottle a month <laughs> and they knock two quid off per bottle if you subscribe. <laughs> How are we not? I, need, I want a beer52.com style sponsorship from Millennium Lube. <laughs> and I mean this just uh, and uh, with, without any disrespect to our listeners I think we've got a lot of wankers listening you reckon I just think <laughs> not in a negative way in a positive way are you ordering some what size bottle are you going for um what is it 
It's 250 mil. Oh, nice. 18 quid. Oof. Got a saving on that oil money. Hey, do you know what? Just before we crack on with this, I've just realised that lube is on Amazon Prime. Now, Amazon Prime at the minute are only delivering essential items on Prime, which means they class lube. <laughs> That's up there with bread and milk. Bread, milk, cereal, lube. What about AA batteries? Don't be fucking stupid. We're not fucking made of deliveries. Penicillin, <laughs> insulin, lube. Because you don't want dead children or chafing. Are they, are they really still doing the essentials? Yeah, is it just the essentials? Because I've got some. No, it's I've got the essentials, but it's very limited prime service. Right. Like I've ordered a skipping rope, and that's not coming for a week. <laughs> your commitment, your commitment to paedophilia, is just phenomenal, isn't it? Oh, whoa, whoa, hey, er, girls, hop in. <laughs> no, well, why does your mind go to that? You're a dirty, dirty, dirty. I'm, man. I'm not the one buying a fucking skipping rope when kids are trying I'm to get medicine. I'm going to be as fit as a boxer. Boxers, boxers do skipping. Yeah, so do little girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a boxer's one. It's black. It's long. It's wiry. <laughs> oh, it's black. It's long. <laughs> it drags along the floor. It's Adam's skipping rope. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. So you've got a big black long one coming, have you? <laughs> and lube, you say. What are you doing with this fucking skipping rope? Where are you putting it? <laughs> Jade, come and play with this. <laughs> I'm going to be like a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> and have cauliflower arse. <sighs> oh, yeah, I, I want to get in shape, so I'm going right. to get me skipping rope. And, uh, yeah. Got me bike. I'm going to be fit as fuck, mate. Yeah. Yeah, you've had a very you've. I honestly think you might need more days off because you've come back on phenomenal form. Like I'm rested, I'm focused. I've tidied my office, I've tidied the room, I've done my tax return. I've got a big black skipping rope coming. I've got a bike. I'm a new man. Hey, I've got my account sorted for the the new tax year, which is not due till January. That's done. It's done. I yeah. So I've already done it as well. Because what else are you doing? Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> People are like, I'm not got around to tidy my fucking bedroom. Sort your shit out. Hi, Adam and Dan. Very respectful. Thank you, Finchy. You played our song Tinderella a few weeks ago. The name of the band, Adam? Sometime today. Uh, brilliant track. A lot of people enjoyed it. Um, he says, thank you. We're really grateful. She says, I'm currently sat next to my wife, who is also sending you an email with a drunk story and would you rather about fucking goats. Okay. I have uh, got that one yeah. in hand. He says, I have a bad sex story for the pod. Not a virginity story, but still just as bad. So this was back in 2000... Hang on. So this was back in 2007. There was 12 of us who went to Newquay for our mate's 21st. To cut a long story short, there was only me and another lad out at the end of a long drinking sesh as everyone else had gone back to the campsite. My mate was trying to pull anything with a pulse. I was basically on my own, and just as I was about to leave, I got pulled back to the dance floor by some bird who started grinding on me to reach by S Club 7, <laughs> the sexiest of all the <laughs> S Club 7 songs. Reach for How my tits. How do you grind to reach? <laughs> like, I love S Club 7. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of their work, but you can't grind to reach for the stars climb every mountain high and re that's a body popping song isn't it you gotta that's a shoulders and hips song it's not a it sounds like the most nothing wrong. that's a grind song it's, it sounds like the most sinister grind. fucking school disco ever how rough was your school that there was grinding during reach for the stars Elaine yeah. Elaine get away from him Climb every mountain high and reach for the stars. Slut dropping in year and four. And when that rainbow's shining over you, that's when your dreams will all come true. Do, 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 do. Shut up. <laughs> At the end of the song, 
She said, you're coming home with me. Now, he's just put that in quotation marks, but I think it's funnier that I've made her have that voice. And I've decided that that's the voice she's going to have. You're coming home with me. And dragged me out the door, to which I was obviously made up. We walked down the beach and we saw someone she knew and she ran over... And then I started having some chat with some Chelsea fans about knocking them out of the Champions League. He's a red. After about 15 minutes, the girl comes running back over saying, all right, here's our taxi. (laughs) So I was like, oh, fuck, great. I thought this was gone. Back in the game. So I get in the taxi with her and it's all getting hot and bothered on the back seats. We're in the car for about 20 minutes, maybe. We're getting off and even started... Oh, God. I wasn't wasn't expecting that. We're getting off, and I've even started slipping a cheeky finger up there. (laughs) I can see the taxi driver looking in his rearview mirror at us, but he's not saying anything. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm the man. I'm I'm the dirty bastard. He's loving it, which put me off a bit, to be honest. Anyway, we pull up outside the girl's house and get out the the taxi, but the taxi driver also gets out. I say to her, where's he going? He doesn't think he's coming with us, does he? To which she replies, <laughs> no, he's my dad. I was mortified. Her dad, no. her dad was the taxi driver. He must have picked us up at the end of his shift in his taxi. And I'd basically frigged a girl off in front of her own dad. No, 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 not having it. Call them bullshit. Listen, no, there's it, no way any girl <laughs> is getting fingered in the back of her dad's taxi. <laughs> Imagine being that open about sex with your parents that A, you'd let yourself be fingered in front of them or B, you'd watch your daughter get fingered in front of you. I did this immensely disturbing, but being a horny 21-year-old, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to get laid. So proceeded to slip one up her twice, but made sure... No, hang on. What? Oh, right, okay, good. They had sex twice, but he left before the parents got up in the morning and he buggered off. I, I, no, I, I can't I can't I can't are you calling bullshit yeah defo there's no way there's no way that any girl is in the back of her dad's taxi and is getting getting blasted getting and blasted. is like and is like I'm fine with this she'd at least be batting his hand away and go no she'd have said that's me dad I don't care I will. no one is open enough sexually with their parents to get fingered in front of them. Nobody. What? Not, not a chance. What you're forgetting here is that Finchie, I think he laid the groundwork for this for this story when he said she was grinding to reach by S Club 7. Is it fucking granddad, the DJ? Because that's <laughs> the only way that, that that's admissible evidence in this debate, okay? Mate, if you can grind to S Club 7 songs, you can get finger banged in, a, in, a, in the back of your dad's car. And there's the no context, have a word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so while he's been emailing this, his wife, Anne-Marie, has also emailed in a would you rather. And as it's Monday and sometimes we start a little bit flat at the start of the week, I thought we'd, you know, we'd have Anne-Marie get us going. Would you rather have shagged a goat and have no one know about it or have never shagged a goat and have everyone think that you have. I am 60% sure we've already done this, would you rather? <laughs> we'll do it again. I'm more but than it wasn't a go. It, again. it wasn't a go. I want to know what kind of fucked up household these two live in. That Finchie's telling that story like, darling, I'm Marie, look what I'm telling. Could you just spell check that for me? She's like, no, there's just one G in finger. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, nice one. Thanks, babe. Love you. What are you emailing in? I'm, e- I'm emailing the goat, would you rather? Brilliant. Love you. <laughs> See you tonight. Fucking Rob hell. Thomas, comedian and friend of the pod, does a bit of stand-up about this, uh, would you rather? Or it's more about his brother posing this would you rather to him and how ridiculous that is. Um, but yes, uh, I would shag the goat. What, and you keep it secret? Yeah. I'd rather shag a goat and no one know than everyone think I've shagged a goat. My reputation is more important to me than the hygiene of me dick. Why a goat? I find goats quite sinister. Well, well the, the, the option isn't would you rather shag a goat or something else? <laughs> no, I know, but if it was a sheep, I think sheep are a bit more docile. Like goats can it's kick. What? Is it, is, it a, is it a willing goat? You've re-hypnolled it. So it's not going to do anything. Oh, well, I'm not raping it. 
Why? Oh, that's awful. I want a goat who's up for it, like... Like what? Do that noise again? Please? I don't want it... I don't I don't know. Goat rape. Is that your horny goat noise? Yeah. How do you do it? Go on, you do a horny goat. <laughs> Order! Order! <laughs> I think you just did a backbench Tory MP. <laughs> Oh yeah, Dan. I'm I'm Jenny the goat. <laughs> Fuck me in my goat pussy. Oh, is it a, a female goat? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Why did I assume that goats were boys? Hey, Dan. I'm Jenny the goat. Fuck me in my goat pussy with your tiny little pink human dick. You ain't gonna touch the sides, motherfucker. I'm Jenny the goat. I've been taking goat dick for forty-five years, <laughs> and now I need something smaller. <laughs> why is your why is your a black American goat? God damn it! I love being a goat. What's that? What's happening? <laughs> no, this goat is white and from real, actually. <laughs> North some, Wales. Some North Walian goats have a weird accent. What's happening, motherfucker? <laughs> damn, I'm Jenny the goat. I'm Jenny I'm the motherfucker goat. goat. Hurry up, um. Fuck me. <laughs> what would you rather do? Are you fucking the goats or are you just not fucking a goat? I just don't, I just don't want to have to roll hip not a goat. I just don't know. I just don't, I find that more sinister. I don't know. That's not an answer to a would you rather. I'll have a I drunk goat. I'll have a drunk goat. I'm not drugging a goat. I just think it's... Okay. I want a will. I want a willing goat. I want a goat. Okay, that, I want a goat, goat that if you play Reach by S Club Seven, the goat backs up. <laughs> goat willing. So are you fucking the goat, but no one knows, or everyone thinks you fucked a goat? I'm definitely shagging the goat. By the way, it's not even debatable. Can I shave the goat? Yeah. You can do whatever you want to the goat before you fuck it, but you've still fucked the goat. Are we talking about Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about Michael Jordan? Was that your Michael Jordan? <laughs> Are you thinking about Luis Suarez? <laughs> uh, I, I've got more, but and we're not. I, I just Dan, I, I asked the question. Dan, do I have? I to, need closure. Can, Answer the question. If I'm allowed to shave round the goat. Right, round the goat's vagina and we've all had a few oh I tell you what if it's at the end of the night and I've had a, had a bit of coke yeah I'd be up for it I'd be like fuck it yeah 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 just have a bump come here come on Jenny <laughs> that's right oh Dan you got coke dick <laughs> it's even smaller than I thought it was coke oh mate just honestly there is a point when I just go Ding! I'm ready to party <laughs> Okay. If you want to record a podcast, <laughs> if you've heard about us having sex with a Northwalian black voiced horny goat, and you think I'd like to do this as well, maybe you should use Like Word Studios. <laughs> Reach for the stars. <laughs> <sighs> You're a silly person. Do you love podcasts? Have you always wanted to do your own, but you don't know how? Well, here at Lightwork Studios, if you've got an idea for a podcast, then we want to record it and record it well. Whether you're doing your first podcast or you've been doing it for years, we think all podcasts should look and sound as good as possible. And with prices starting from £30 an hour, we are by far the best priced professional podcast studio in London. We've got three HD cameras, six top-of-the-range mics, and a sound technician on hand to make sure that all you have to focus on is talking. We can have the recording edited and sent to you the very same day. Find us at lightworkpodcasts.com so we can help record your next podcast. 
Send in your questions and suggestions to haveawardpod at gmail.com. Let's crack on with this nonsense. So it's time for Have a Word with Adam and Dan. Send us some problems with your friends and your family and we'll solve them for you. Very Have musical. a word. Very musical. Yes, it is. Um, so this is our Patreon uh, producer episode, ladies and gentlemen. For those who don't know, every Monday we shout out our Patreon producers. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way for you to financially support the production of this podcast. Um, we, we've got a Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com slash haveawaredpod. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash haveawaredpod. You can sign up for three, five or ten pound a month and that money goes towards supporting me and Dan through this awful fucking coronavirus time and helps us keep producing as much co- uh, podcast content as we possibly can um, we've got quite a few of you signed up to that now we're so so grateful for all the support we've got from both Patreon people and from our sponsors without you guys this shit just isn't possible appreciate you guys thank you um, everyone who signs up to the £10 tier of our Patreon program becomes an official producer of the podcast and every single Monday on the episode we read out the full list of £10 Patreon producers at the end of the episode after the song that we play uh, as a big thank you to say you're officially a member of our team now if you if you sign up for three or five pound we appreciate you just as much as we do the £10 people we just can't read everyone out um and, and what we've been yeah. saying is, if you sign up during the shutdown for three, you get a ticket to a free thank you live show that we're going to put on at some point after the restrictions are lifted. If you sign up for five, you get two tickets. And if you sign up for the 10, you get two tickets. We're coming to a point where we're going to have to change that because this live show is going to be unsustainable. We're already probably <laughs> looking at two shows. So I think by this time next week, we're going to have to draw a line under the free ticket offer. So if you want that free ticket for signing up to the Patreon, you need to do it this week because at some point on Monday next week, we are going to have to draw a line under that. Now, if you're thinking, well, why would I stay as a Patreon? I think what we're going to do is change how we're doing things and help. And basically, it means that we're going to give extra content for just the Patreon listeners. There's going to be benefits if you're on the Patreon beyond just yeah. the free ticket. But we have to draw a line on it because right now we've got a, f- a thank you gig for 650 people. <laughs> we are ironing out the details of what the the Patreon program is going to be coming forward. And next Monday, we are going to announce what that is. This is our final week of sort of deliberating what we want to do with that. But from next Monday, uh, everyone who is a patron, you're going to get some fantastic benefits for supporting us through this time. We're so grateful to you. Now, as Dan said, we have got to put a, a cut off on these free tickets, I'm afraid, because otherwise it's going to cost us about 10 grand to put a fucking show on by the time we hire a massive venue so next Monday we, we rec- as you'll all know we record these episodes on the day that we go out so just before next Monday's episode just before we record it I'm going to go through the Patreon and add up exactly who's getting what tickets and as of next Monday that that that's the cut off point for these free tickets for the the thank you show which is likely to be in Liverpool at the end of this shutdown it's going to be a fucking amazing night we can't wait to spend some time with you all and have a little drink with you afterwards and just meet the people who've been interacting with us so much that the cut off point for that is going to be next Monday's Patreon producer episode so if you want to go and sign up to patreon.com slash have a weird pod by next Monday morning slash early afternoon Go and sign up. I will. I will read your name out, and obviously, um, but then you, you you you'll be you'll be in the bag to get your free ticket. That is when we're going to issue the free tickets, and we'll probably con- contact all of our patrons next week to talk about how we go about getting those tickets yeah. out. And if you're worried about the change coming, don't worry. We've got you. We're not going to make things worse. We're going to make it things better. There's, there is certain decisions have to be made because certain things are unsustainable like it was amazing the offer and it's still going to be an amazing show but it can't be like a case that in the last week of July someone signs up for Patreon at three quid gets a ticket for a show that's the next week there had to be a cut off point but if you're worried about the change it's going to make the podcast better there is some juicy stuff coming your way I promise Oh, we're never ever ever like it, it. we've said it so much now that it sounds almost redundant but Without you guys, this wouldn't have we, we wouldn't have survived this lockdown at all, and we are never ever ever gonna forget these people, you you people that have helped us get to this point, and trust us the benefits long term to being a, a Patreon and have a word. The stuff that you're gonna be helping fund and the stuff that you're gonna be getting in return is gonna be well well worth the few could a week you send our way. We're, we're gonna Thank reach for the stars, climb every mountain high and oh, that's, reach. That's been solid stars. now, and <laughs> we're gonna grind up against you. <laughs> 
Shall we have a quick word, lads? Yes, mate. Someone. Well, go on. <sighs> so, all right, lads. Please have a word with my absolute fucking dick of a wife. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love to have a word to start aggressive, you know. We've started having a weekly Saturday date night through the lockdown. We have a half decent meal. We open the wine and we each take turns in choosing a stand-up special to watch, which I think is a fucking beautiful idea, by the way. Nice. What a relation. Nice. This is stand-up fans, isn't it? This is proper comedy fans. They watch a stand-up special every week. Anyway, it was my turn tonight, so I picked Bert Kreischer. If you don't know who Bert is, go and check him out. Got a very famous routine called The Machine. Go and search that on YouTube if you haven't seen it already. Bert Kreischer. I'd never seen him before, but I thought I'd give it a try. For some fucking reason... My wife wanted to watch the trailer first. She's never asked this before, but she instantly decided she doesn't like him because she thought he was sexist just by that 52 fucking second trailer. She then refused to watch it and ruined my fucking evening by being in a mood. And now she'll happily watch someone like Jimmy Carr, who is equally, if not more, sexist. Why the fuck is she being an absolute fucking cockwomble? Great word. Cheers, lads. And if there's any half decent women who want to be my plus one at your thank you night, please let me know as I'll be kicking her the fuck out when this lockdown's ends. Cheers <laughs> from Andy. Yeah, Andy, there's <laughs> loads of women like being lined up to get called a shit fucking all sorts of names. Cockwomble. Oh, fucking shit cunt cockwomble. That's what you I'll are. Tell you what, the yeah, thing is. Fucking knob rot. I know Andy's just going through the divorce with his ex missus who says he's sexist, but. He's honest, and he—he he just—I just know where I stand. You know, he thinks I'm a cockwomble, and he's not afraid to say it. Um, it's fucking not easy picking stand-up specials to watch with anyone. I yeah. like watching stand-up specials on my own. Like, Burt Crash is not sexist. He's a big, fat American dude who gigs with his top off. He's a big, sweaty mess. He's the fattest man in the world. <laughs> That's just for some of the Tom Segura fans, but. Um, and he's a and he's a racist. Um, but no, I, <laughs> um, I, I just don't know how, how. It's amazing to me that this has been a thing they've done, and this is the first time they've hit trouble. Because I hate <laughs> picking stand-up specials with someone else. Like oh, I don't want to watch it. And you're like, well, fuck you. It's like it's tricky. Can I tell you what I think's happened there? Go on. I don't think she's asked about Bear Kreischer and she's certainly not asked about sexism if she's into watching Jimmy Carr, okay? She understands, if she watches this much stand-up and she watches someone like Jimmy Carr, she understands that a joke is a joke. i tell you what happened. She was in a fucking mood because it's lockdown and she just wanted Jesus a reason Christ. to fucking kick off. That's what it was, okay? She wanted a reason to be like, I don't give a shit what you fucking want. I'm not watching it. I'm doing my own thing. She just wanted a bit of an argument. That's what's happened. And mate, Andy, tell you what, I live with someone just fucking like this woman, okay? Oh, God. She's exactly the fucking same and I'm well on Andy's side. She he doesn't give a shit about the content of his comedy. She just didn't want to have date night again because it's fucking Groundhog Day, in it? That's all it was. She was in a mood. She's not arsed and neither am I. Andy's missus, you're a twat fuck. Oh, Adam's back. He's had a weekend of rests. He's charged up his batteries. Jade does this. Oh, Jade does this. Poor what Jade. Jade does, I'll go, oh, you've seen this new thing? I really want to watch it. And if she's in a bad mood, she'll decide... Before she watches anything, I'll go, just watch the trailer. I'll go, go on then. I'll watch the trailer. It could be the best trailer for the best fucking program of all time. Oh, it just looks shit. Do you know what Jane said? I, oh, do you know The Wire, right? Arguably the greatest thing ever made drama-wise. I got Jade to watch episode one of The Wire and she went, oh, it's just not... Not, not like amazing, isn't it? I was like, you've watched episode one? Yeah, but it looks all old, doesn't it? Yeah, because cameras were different <laughs> 15 years ago. That doesn't mean the quality of the acting and the story isn't good. You tit. Had you watched already watched The Wire at this point when you tried I've to make a... series one. 
See, I and think that's even worse than trying to choose a stand-up special that neither of you watch. When you've watched something and you think it's amazing and then you're like, oh, love, we should watch this. And then because you've seen it and you rate it, you're constantly watching the person next to you to see if they like it. It's so loaded, that situation. I don't know why anyone tries. Nate Bargatze, the Tennessee kid, I think it's great. I've watched it several times. Tried to watch it with Laura. She wasn't laughing enough. And honestly, she hadn't even said she didn't like it. I shut the whole thing down, closed the laptop and walked off. Because she just she just wasn't fucking have you heard your your diatribe? (laughs) You're a whiny bitch. I hate watching when someone when you want them to like it, you end up not watching the thing and just watching them watch it. That's a fucking horrible situation. There's so rare to get a good night out of that. It's so rare that they're like, you know what? That is a masterpiece. Let's go to bed and have sex. It's always like, I thought it was all right. Well, fuck you and fuck your dad. <laughs> How dare you call me a whiny bitch after you've had your fucking pro. You are a whiny bitch. You're a cockwomble, mate. We're not watching it. We're not watching it if you're not laughing Oh, enough. my God. You're such a contradiction. You're such a fucking hypocrite. Oh, that literally ties into so much of the shit that you whinge against. And just because you're like, no, I'm going to take against this as well. Listen, read your fucking song out. I need to go and have my tea. You cockwomble. <laughs> it's going to be a long yeah, week, so this Andy, one, isn't it? I'm on your side, lad. <laughs> Tell your bird to fucking have a word with herself. Give her head a wobble, the nasty bitch. Um, and you know what, Andy? You can be my plus one to the fucking thank you show. Me and you'll Jade's go not coming. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> oh. So, today's band is called Columbia. Now, they've been featured before. They're fucking great, these. They're a Scouse band. They're on the rise. They've got a brand new single, and they sent it to us and asked us, would we play it? Because we played the last one, and they got a decent bit of interaction out of it. Go and check them out. It's a, this new song is on all streaming platforms. I've actually been listening to this on repeat for like two days now, because it's sick. They sent it a couple of days ago. Their Instagram is at columbia.music. Their Twitter is Columbia, and then underscore and this song is called Nothing Left For Me. This is Columbia. We will see you tomorrow and wait till after the song and you'll get your Patreon list. Nice one, guys. See you tomorrow. See ya.
So, as always, is our Patreon list, guys. Thank you so much to everyone on this list and everyone who is also a five and three pound Patreon. We love you. And that includes Wes Coakley, Colette Hind, Adam, with no surname, Chris Townsend, Tony P, Tom Chadwick, Daniel Newman, Tom Rowe, Terry Burke, Steve Woolley, Steve Green, Stephen Theobald, Stephen D. Malone, Steve Bowress, Steve Simon Martin, Josh Holt Flusk, Scott Newton, Saz Green, Sam Crow, Sammy Taylor, Sam Maguire, Russell Waring, Robin Kerr, Rob Upton, Rob Knowles, Rob Bell, Richard Palmer, Becky Hale, Rebecca Thomas, Rachel Heron, Bunny Whitehead, Barry Parsons, John White, Tom Peterson, Peter Vincent, Pete Graves, Paul McDonald, Nathan Sharrocks, Kate Hamilton, Michael Woods, Donatello, Mike Quirk, Mike Sullivan, Mike Kivy, Martin Duxbury, Maxine Ayr, Matthew Reese, Matt Flannery, Matt Delmay, Mark Hughes, Mark Cowan, Mark Hollenbach, Michael Christopher, Louise Grimes, Liam D, Benjamin Jake Smith, Lee Grant, Mutley, Christian, I don't know your surname, mate, Kirsty Leonard, Kieran Gibson, Kieran Woodall, Kiefer Gallagher, Jared Keane, Kathleen Simon, Catherine Wells, Cade Bidwell, Julie Smith, Johnny Edwards, Joseph Moore, Joanne Parr, Johnny Phillips, Lee Aitchison, Johnny Armstrong, John Barracliffe, Texas Jilly Bean, Jill Bushell, the Frog and Bucket team, Jennifer Ridding, Jen Wilson, Jordan Embleton, Jason Hopkins, Janet Roskill, Jay Kyle, Jamie Moores, Jack Rush, Jack Roberts, Jack Scargill, Ian Pringle, Ian Chadwick, Rob Baker, Jess Yarwood, Glenn Turner, George Mush, Graham Cashel, Frank Hughes, James Fuchs, Fiona McDonough, Emma Green, Emma Donnelly, Rachel Whiteley, Donna McCauley, Dominic Bristow, Dan Thomas, David Everson, Danny Gilligan, Daniel Pugh, Damian Rock, Dean Cochran, Kean O'Connell, Chris Watson, Chris Jones, Chris Chubbs, Scott Brickliffe, Carmel Merrick, Barney Wood, Owen Badman, Mark Hammond, Anthony Wilkinson, Anthony Jollies, Anthony Doran, Andy Threlfall, Andy Mannix, and Amy Johnston, Alexis Bly, Ali Richardson, AJ Gregson, Adam Golightly, Aaron Ledbetter, and Alex Jones. In a bit, kids. We'll see you tomorrow.